Okay, that means that we're now, we're now taping. Talk radio. Um, we're going to, the, the interview will take about 18 minutes. Uh, we're going to play three of your songs for about a minute each, and then we're, I'm going to go out with another one of your songs. Um, Excellent. Because, good, good because, and, of course, we're going to have plenty of opportunity in there to let people know where they can get it. Um, I'm going to okay. wait 10 seconds <clears throat> so my engineer has got something to work with. And then I'm going to read a, um, uh, an introduction, and then we're off and running. Uh, okay. This is um, not an interrogation. It's a conversation. Our job here is to have fun and promote your music. Okay? Okay. All right. Starting a 10-second countdown. I've been listening to John Mayall since I outgrew doo-wop. Although he was in England and I was in California, he introduced me to that unique American art form, the blues, a gift I will be eternally grateful for. Another gift I am eternally grateful for is that he had the good sense to move to California, where I could occasionally see him on stage. Mayall's albums were and are stuffed with songs that each have an individual personality and yet all have a family sound. It wasn't long before, if you gave me a few notes of a song, I could tell you if it was a John Mayall song. Mayall introduced me to a legend of guitar players, other musicians that he nurtured, played with, toured with, and recorded with, many of whom went off to form their own bands, like Cream. His resume would take up the entire program to read, so if you haven't read it, after the show today, you should. Something else you should do after the show today, which is much more important, is you should order your copy of his latest album, Nobody Told Me, which is being released worldwide today. Meanwhile, we are honored to talk with John Mayall on Music Friday Live. John, welcome to the program. Well, that was a wonderful introduction, so uh, let's get to it. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, like I said, congratulations on the new album today. We've been listening to the preview songs all week here in the studio, and we are addicted. Um, good. I understand well, they're all this, good ones. Oh, they are. Absolutely. Uh, and I understand they all came together pretty quickly. Is that right? That this. Well, when I, when I make an album, you know, it doesn't take much more than a week. Um, you know, three days in the studio for the backing tracks. And in this case, we you know, sent the backing tracks that were completed uh, to various uh, notable guitar players who wanted to join in. And so they, they did a great job on it. Well, like you said, notable guitar players, you brought together a fabulous group of musicians. And I understand that, that your thought on this album was to have a lot of guest artists. So did you just kind of put out the call among friends and that you know and see who called back, or did you sort of... Yeah, I think, I think we, the, that uh, Eric Korn, the label manager, did a lot to, to spread the word about that. But it's funny because, uh, you know, um, I didn't have a specific list, but, uh, but all these notable guitar players all wanted to do it, and they came forward. Uh, so of, the, of, the, of them, the, the only person who was in town... In Los Angeles, it was Joe Bonamassa, but the other ones, we just certainly completed uh, backing tracks, and they did what they wanted to do, and they really did a wonderful job. Well, they certainly did, and I want to give our uh, audience a, a peek, a little snippet of one of those songs. So this is uh, What Have I Done Wrong? Mm-hmm. 
solid blues, actually great solid blues. Now, you mentioned that Joe's on that song along with other top artists, and he was in the studio with with you when you recorded that. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yes, he he was he lives in L.A., so he was very eager to come down and uh, put his mark on it. So, as you just said, really great, great fiery stuff. Uh, is is that the way you you like to to record to have as many of the folks in the studio as possible? Well, the 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 the, 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 the in, intention always is to get capture the live feeling of it. So we never do more than a couple of takes of any song. If it starts to get more than that, it's, it's not obviously not quite the right one. But we have to feel really enthused about the the tracks. And uh, normally we do we do everything as as, as close to live as we can and then put the odds and bits and pieces on afterwards, and I do the vocals afterwards. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a, a building process, and uh, we enjoy every minute of it. Well, of course, otherwise you wouldn't do it. <laughs> right. um, exactly. Now, it, it seems that, you know, as I've listened to you over, over the years and seen you live a, a number of times, um, that you like to give people who play with you a lot of freedom. And, you know, I... I talk to 50 musicians a year here and I hear, I kind of understand from some of them that that's not always easy. It requires a lot of trust in the musicians and also a lot of self-confidence in your own abilities. Um, Have you always been that way ever since you started playing music that trusting the people you play with and very confident of your own abilities? Yeah, I totally trust them. If if they're in my band, then uh, it's because I want to hear what they do. So there's total freedom. I mean, we have the, the bare bones of a, of a song to work with, but but once we once we know what the song is, everybody has total freedom to explore it the best way they can and and what, whichever way they direction they want to take it. So it's always been a, an exciting thing to capture. Um, maybe that's why each one of your songs is unique and full of spontaneity, but it's also instantaneously recognizable as one of your songs. Um, I want to play uh, another song from the upcoming album uh, that has really kind of struck home here in the studio. This is uh, um, Evil and Here to Stay, and it features um, Alex Lifeson uh, from Rush. Here it is. Say the least, um, and I love the p- piano in there. Is that you on the on the piano? Yeah, I always do all the keyboards. That's my main instrument. So, you know, I have a lot of fun with that using different keyboards. Uh, you know, the the Hammond organ on some of the tracks and uh, uh, electric piano and, and anything that's got a keyboard on it, I like to play. Well, you know, um, as I mentioned to you off air, one of my favorite albums, which actually is sitting right here on my desk, is Padlock on the Blues. And as I listen to that album, 
which I've been doing all week. And then uh, uh, this one, the new album, um, it struck me how fresh and creative um, Nobody Told Me is. Um, how do you sustain this high level of creativity? I don't know. Everything comes from the heart. Uh, obviously, that's the reason for choosing a song. But once once you start to play it, um, you know, it's important to capture that emotion. And, um, you know, that's what I've always done. Well, you certainly do. <laughs> um, I also noticed that, that Carol Wonderland is joining you on, on this tour for this album. Um, and I know you've worked with other women over the years, Mavis Staples on Wake Up Call and Shannon Kerfman and others. And you you played with Carolyn before. But what prompted you to add a woman to the tour? Does that add a different quality to the music? No, I don't think so. I think all, all players that I chose uh, were chosen because of their performances and uh, the way that they played and what they do with the instrument of guitar. So, you know, that was... Uh, uh, Carolyn was was one of the ones that I chose who I wanted to play with. We've worked with her, you know, on, on different festivals in the past. So, you know, we were we were known to each other, and she was very happy to do it. And of course, well, you she know, will I've, be joining us her... on the road, <laughs> and that's going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I've noticed here on Music Friday Live that I'm being pitched for a rapidly growing number of young female blues guitar players. And, and all the ones that I see are really, really, really good. Women like Jackie Benson and Patricia Vaughn and Ali Vulnerable and others. You have a longer view than I do. So am I seeing something that's always been there, or are women blues guitar players a growing force in the blues from your point of view? I don't think that you know the, the, the sex has to come into it, really, because uh, a, a player who is enthused about the music and believes in it, uh, it doesn't matter what sex you are, as long as you can project something that's powerful. And um, and I think it's it's very nice that uh, a lot of uh, guitar, women guitar players are coming to the fore and uh, making people sit up and uh, listen. Well, uh, speaking of, of changes, uh, popular music has undergone a lot of changes, not, and not just women, if... Uh, um, if they are a change now, I wonder if have you seen changes in how the blues are played uh, in your career? Not specifically. I think blues has always been something that reflects the music that's going on around that any particular era, and uh, you know it's a personal kind of music, and uh, the thing it has over other things is it it has a voice as well as an instrument. So. It's always been with us, and it always reflects what's going on around us at any given time. So I think that's one of the most important things about the blues and why it's lasted so long and will do. Of course, there are many kinds of blues, too, so people can, can get lots of different changes just within the, the existing uh, genre. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, well, you know, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, because I know you have a, a longer view than I do, is that there's been a lot of change in the music industry, you know, records to tapes to CDs and now to streaming. Have have these changes in the industry affected you at all or your career? No, not at all. I think I think the the, the advance in technology has certainly helped because uh, it enables you to capture um, more accurately, perhaps, what you're trying to say through your instrument. So I think the technology has, has helped in that respect. But I don't think technology has, has really um, 
really, you know, changed the music in itself. So it, it's just there. It's a tool of the trade. Okay. All right. Well, I notice now that I see a lot of bands, blues bands too, in which the guitar players come up with a, they set down a, a pedal board that's about the size of a small Volkswagen. <laughs> oh yeah, we don't we don't have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Because uh, I was my next question was I was going to ask you, do you still carry your own gear? And that would be hard if you had one of those. Or do you still carry your own gear? Yeah, we we you know we we, we have a small a small unit which is the four musicians uh, plus one roadie, and that's it. Uh, wow. The 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 roadie is also the driver, so. You know, we're a very small, tight outfit, and we do everything we can uh, to make uh, the thing sound personal uh, and, and make a big it's, sound. It's a, it's a very, it's a very big difference from from just about any group that I know, which have a, a big, a big entourage. But you know, we just travel in the van, just like in the '60s, and uh, nothing has really changed. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of that, you're actually you're kicking off a tour next week. You're going through Europe and then coming swinging back into the U.S. in May. Are you excited about that? Because I know you love to be on. Yeah, the I'm. I'm always excited to go out and play. You know, uh, you can only sit around the house doing uh, household uh, things for so long, and then you want to go out on the road again. And I think I've always, you know, I do over a hundred shows every year, so. For, for me, it's uh, it's it's a good percentage of time uh, to make things interesting in life. Well, I want to continue to make things interesting here by playing uh, another one of your songs. We're just about out of time, but I have time for one more song, and it's it's so tough. And this has a Stephen Van Sant on it, so here we are. It's so tough. <laughs> song is that true that there really isn't any notation being used in the when you put a song like that together no i don't, I don't read or write music so i can't do that so you know <laughs> the people that i work with they know the blues they know the music and uh, it just falls in naturally so it's all in everybody's head yeah um, you know i mean uh, we 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 uh, we play to a structure that we've worked out beforehand how long it's going to be, or well, not necessarily how long it's going to be, but uh, you know the, the the number of choruses to 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 cover the vocals and the, the instrumentals. So it, it's easy to put it together. 
Well, no matter how you do it, um, it's, uh, I, I love it. And uh, uh, Wavy Gravy once famously said that you don't stop dancing because you get old. You get old because you stop <laughs> dancing. And I, I think the same is true for playing and listening to the blues. So, John, thank you for taking the time today to talk with us, for giving us decades of great blues and giving us even more great blues today in this wonderful new album. And thanks for helping keeping us all young. Well, it's really, really a pleasure to have been talking to you and spreading the word of the of the new album and the blues in general. John Mayall, his new album, Nobody Told Me, co-produced by Eric Korn and recorded at the Foo Fighters 606 Studio in L.A., was released today by 40 Below Records. Get your copy at www.johnmayall.com. You can also get it at iTunes, Amazon, 40 Below Records, and, of course, you can stream it at Spotify, Tidal, or wherever you listen to your music. But, you know, get the CD. It's so much better to, to, to have that. Um, that way you can play it whenever you want to, even if you can't, can't get online. And while you're there, check out the tour dates and get tickets for the shows that are near you, either here or in Europe. Now, we're going to leave you with a little bit more of John's music. This is That's What Love Will Make You Do. Yeah.